0: Cherie Skultz, who's the CEO of Petco, joins us on What's Next this week, and we're going to be talking about recycling and something I'm very, very passionate about. So it's a great pleasure to have you with us, Cherie. How are you doing?
1: Good. I'm doing well and lovely to be with you. Thanks for the invitation.
0: It's a great pleasure. Listen, for those who don't know uh, who Petco is or haven't heard the name Petco before, Tell us a little bit about uh, your organization and uh, what do you guys do exactly and how long have you been doing it?
1: We've been doing it for quite a while. We started way back at the end of 2004 as a voluntary producer responsibility organization. And that essentially is an organization where a collective group of companies come together to find a solution for the end of life of their products. So we started in, in 2004 as a completely voluntary organization and we set ourselves goals and targets for the next 15 years on how many PET bottles we wanted to collect, PET plastic bottles that is, and perhaps for those who don't know, PET in the textile sector is known as polyester and in the packaging sector it's called PET. Oh. So we were focusing on PET specifically and we've grown the collection and recycling of, of PET bottles every year since then from less than 10,000 tons to close to 90,000 tons now.
0: Okay, well, that's that's pretty impressive. So when you say plastic bottles, um, I assume that it's those two-liter bottles that you buy cool drink in um Anything that comes in a plastic bottle, right, that you buy from a supermarket that all of us consumers use. Is that is that is that correct?
1: There are different kinds of plastic bottles actually, but PET is has the polymer identification code, the number one. So it's ah. used primarily for soft drinks, for water. There is also home and personal care usage, things like sunlight dishwashing liquid, some of the bubble baths, some salad dressings, mayonnaise jars. The, the other plastics that you get are hd for example those are opaque milk bottles but yes. we are generally in the in the soft drink sector
0: okay so so petco is a, a membership based organization um can you tell us more about who your members are who are these members that make up your membership
1: um the the members of petco are the producers who put their products onto the market in PET packaging. And why Uh. this is important is the principle of Petco is based on extended producer responsibility. So that means that the producers who put that packaging on the market accept responsibility for it at the end of its life cycle. Now, identifying who's responsible for that packaging is really important because often people feel that it may be the person who makes the packaging. But, of course, it's the brand owners or the importers because they choose the packaging that they want to put their products in and they yeah. have the ability to design it well for recycling or not. They're in a position to affect the changes that might be needed and that is why the majority of Petco's membership are brand owners and included in that are Coca-Cola and PepsiCo, Unilever, Twizzler. All of our members can actually be found on our our website, but they're all of the the big brand owners in South Africa.
0: So, so is it fair to say that uh, Petco, and and you look at those members that you've got, they probably are, account for eighty percent of the plastics that we are talking about today. Or is it is it less than that, or is it more than that?
1: It's it's probably that amount actually. You've, okay. you've hit a nail on the head there. In fact, because. My colleagues around the world tell me that in terms of packaging, pretty much globally, between 80 and 90% of the packaging that is placed on the market comes from 10 to 20 percent of the big brand owners. Mm. But what's also important for an organization like PEPCO is of course the the obliged sector takes big responsibility, but a PRO yes. also needs to look after the smaller brand owners. So often we find ourselves in the position of spending much more time with a bigger number of members who actually put less packaging on the market. Uh-huh. So one okay. of the objectives as a PRO is, is to pay attention to all of your members.
0: That is so fascinating. And I guess that if you know uh, which of those big members are out there, you know more or less how much plastic is in the market. And we know more or less how much we're recycling, and ultimately, you know, we always seek to improve that number by absolutely. increasing it. I, I find that absolutely fascinating. Could you could you tell us a little bit about Section 18? And this this is a very interesting amendment to the National Environmental Management Waste Act. Um, how, how has this impacted the organization and your members?
1: So essentially, Aki, when we started, we were completely voluntary. the the industry got together and decided they wanted to find a solution and fund it and implement it. But in 2021, Section 18 was gazetted and Section 18 deals with mandatory extended producer responsibility. So it now means that if you're a, a producer who puts more than 10 tons of an identified product of packaging onto the market in South Africa in a year, you're obliged to take responsibility for it. And that responsibility essentially means financial and or operational to keep that packaging out of landfill because South Africa wants to work towards the circular economy and into where it can actually be reprocessed and made into something of the highest value possible.
0: Okay. Wow. Um, I didn't realize the, well, you know, the complexities of managing the environment and recycling, um, and there's all sorts of laws around us Now, as, as, as PRO, which PRO, which products do you administer EPR schemes for?
1: We still administer, scheme, administer a scheme for PET bottles primarily, but that includes everything from beverage bottles, home and personal care, edible oil, plus the jars, things, sources, things like that. And we also included the closures and the labels that comes on that packaging. Because if you think about it, they're in the same waste stream, because effectively Mm. we are dealing with the waste stream of those products. And then this year we're also administering a scheme for liquid board packaging. And many listeners will know liquid board packaging as, as Tetra Pak. Um, it's almost become a, a generic name, but we refer to it as liquid board packaging. So that's a new scheme that we're administering.
0: Okay. So so, so it's interesting that you, you, you're actually extending um, and your, your reach is increasing a lot more when it comes to recycling and uh, and the environment, which is fantastic. Now, even in the first year of mandatory extended producer responsibility, I was looking at your recent audits and re- they've revealed that major South African brands who are PETCO members who have their products registered with you have met or exceeded their collection and recycling targets which ultimately means that we we're making real progress when it comes to recycling.
1: We are indeed, absolutely. And I think that the the reason for that is that we did actually start this 18 years ago. And to build a a sustainable recycling value chain, collection and recycling, actually takes time. If you you think about it, at any one time, you have to have a balance between your feedstock, your collection, your capacity on the ground, and also your capability. And then you need an end-use market. So it's no good collecting bottles if you can't turn them into something. And it's no good turning them into something if that something isn't in demand and can't be sold. So for Petco, we've been we started off eighteen years ago essentially with one contracted recycling partner and we signed a five year contract with them, increasing the amount of bottles to be collected and recycled every year. And we started off turning those bottles into polyester fiber, actually. And in, in, as a side note, in South Africa, we don't import polyester fiber into the country at all anymore. We supply the local need from those bottles. So we had a, a sustainable chain already built. We, so we started with a one contracted recycler. Now we have 13. And of course, now we are moving more to bottle to bottle, to closing the loop. So recycling packaging back into packaging. Mm. And that's where we're going to focus our growth on in the future. But that is essentially why we were able to meet those targets last year for mandatory EPR. We had that system
0: in place. Yeah. Uh, Cherie, do do you have those results with you? What were those results, just out of interest?
1: Yes, I do. In fact, we, our members placed just under 122,000 tons of, of identified products that we cover onto the market. And we actually collect, we collected about, well, in actual fact, 83,967 tons exactly, which represents 69% of that. So it's really a, a good innings to be on. But it doesn't mean that we don't have a lot more work ahead of us as well. So of course, we can't rest on our laurels. But but it's certainly significant. And it does, I think, put South Africa in amongst those countries doing well. And I, I think what's particularly useful to share is all of that collection and recycling and reprocessing happened in South Africa. We didn't export material. We didn't need it to be processed anywhere else. And that's very, very key because if you look at other parts of the world, in the past, many other countries had to send a good portion of their collected recyclables to the east for recycling. And then China closed their doors a few years ago, and that's created many, many issues in Europe, for example, and America and even Australia. Because now they have to find solutions to reprocess those materials locally, whereas ah. with our model, we've built that capacity in South Africa.
0: So that's interesting because so so you've managed to do all of this. I mean, you, you talk about how you started, you know, over a decade ago with one particular partner. Now you, I think you mentioned you've got thirteen, right, or is it fourteen? Yes, thirteen. Yeah. So so that essentially is how you guys have achieved this, because to do 80,000 tonnes, over 80,000 tonnes, that's an extraordinary amount of plastic to recycle.
1: Yes. Yes, it is indeed. And I think perhaps another useful aspect of this is you're probably aware that in South Africa, we rely very much on the informal sector for collection. We don't have the kind of curbside collection yet that you'll find in many developed countries. And if we look at the value in the trade of bottles, when we started in 2005, it was the first year that we raised money to be able to do this work. And we collected approximately 10,000 bottles. In fact, it was 9,680 exactly. And the approximate street value of those bottles was around about 50 cents a kilogram, which meant that the trade in those bottles was worth around three and a half million rand. If you look at the close to 90,000 tons that we did last year, at an average street value of six rand was the bottle price got very high. Of course, it fluctuates mm. all the time. But that represents a value in trade with a collection chain of, of more than 350 million rand. So the the value in sharing that with you is how building a sustainable collection and recycling value chain can add value and job creation and development of SMMEs in South Africa. And I think that's a useful stat to share.
0: No, it's fascinating. And I didn't realize how much plastic is, how expensive plastic has become, you know. Um, uh, When you look at some of the other activities that Petco is engaged in, in, the last year in particular, uh, to help achieve these results that you spoke about, the over 80,000 tonnes. Uh, can you can you touch on the other activities that you were engaged in?
1: Absolutely, Aki. One of the big roles is education and awareness. And, of course, our audiences range across anybody and everybody who, who drinks a Coke or has a mineral water or opens a peanut butter jar at home in plastic. So we have a broad range of stakeholders. We work closely with municipalities, with the informal sector, with NGOs, developing school curriculum, for example, for the Pick and Pay Schools Club. So that education and awareness is really important and the intention is in the long run to encourage consumers to separate the recyclables so that we can slowly roll out curbside collection in South Africa or we can get consumers to assist waste pickers who are engaged in the collection of recyclables to earn a living to make it easier for them. So that's a big component of our work. What Mm. we also do is we travel across the country nationally engaging with municipalities, looking at their integrated waste management plans, helping them with the service providers in their areas, looking at where infrastructure is needed, Protective clothing, scales, trailers for logistics, um, scales for actually weighing what people are bringing in so that they can be paid. And connecting all of those SMMEs with our contracted recyclers who buy that material.
0: Yeah, That's a big portion
1: of what we do.
0: Yeah, and I, and I, and, I, and you know when you mentioned the separation of the different uh, you know the plastics and the paper etc., I was just in the in the in the far east. I was in Hong Kong and I was in in, in Thai and Taiwan, and it, it's amazing that every everywhere where you throw rubbish away in a city in a public place, there's three different. Uh, bins, you know, that you can put in, you know, plastics, paper, etc. And I think that's yeah. very important because we, we, we've got it here in some places, but it would be great if we could have that all over the place where it seems to be in 90% of places that I, I went to, uh, they were already separating. And that makes a massive difference, doesn't it?
1: It does make a massive difference. It, it's going to take time. If you think of when extended producer responsibility was introduced in Europe, it was 30 years ago, in fact.
0: Oh, and wow.
1: they have really good infrastructure, good collection infrastructure. In South Africa, we have close to 40% of our population who don't yet have access to regular waste management. And that's really significant because it means that close to 40% south africans don't have either a weekly service or a place to go and drop off collection they may have a a central place in a an informal settlement or in a village but we've got a lot of work to do to get basic waste management services to all of those areas Mm. and unroll or roll out not unroll i don't know where i got that from but roll out curbside collection in more um, well-established areas. So I think we're going to be on a journey. It's going to take time. But where I think we are remarkable is that we know there are more than 50,000 collectors who are earning a living by collecting waste. So what we want to do is, as we integrate that sector into the formal sector, we don't leave them out, that we include them in the plans to actually roll out curbside collection to be able to formalize their businesses more. So we probably won't look 100% like what you see in other countries that have very high density. We are very spread out, but it'll be working towards that definitely because if we're taking South Africa to a circular economy, we want our recyclables to be as clean and have as high value as possible in the long run.
0: Okay. So we'll get there. We'll get there. I have no doubt about that. Now, uh, the, the I'm fascinated that in waste management, there's technology and innovation happening. Uh, and I'd love you to tell us a little bit about the role that technology and innovation is playing in the work that you do.
1: Yes, it's really important, both from a technical perspective in being able to take a bottle that's collected in an informal way and turn it back into a quality bottle that an a international brand will put their product back in. So you have the recycling technologies that are innovative. But in in other areas, what's very exciting is that we are using and looking at blockchain technology with a partner to understand the upstream value chain. So to explain how our contracts work, we understand exactly what our recyclers pay at their gate for bale bottles and packaging that is delivered, because we ordered that. And that's partly where we were able to get accurate figures on what our recyclers buy in, and then what of course they sell and what happens to wastage in between. But in the upstream value chain, from the collector to the sorter, to the aggregator, We weren't able to have sight of that portion of the value chain. And now by using this technology, we're actually able to help buyback centers with a system where they can manage their businesses better, have real-time information on the collectors they're buying from, the, the prices of materials that they're paying for it. And it means that waste pickers now have a record of their sales as well. So they can actually show us that this is the kind of turnover, if you like, or the volume mm. that they're doing in a particular material, and we're able to then help them grow their businesses. So we're getting real-time data in understanding what products are being collected, what prices are being paid for them, if there are differences in those prices as in different geographical regions, It just means that with more data, we're able to do much better planning and understand the value chains much better. So technology and innovation, very key.
0: That is absolutely fascinating. Now, companies watching this right now, how how can companies partner with Petco to achieve their company and legislated targets? How do they go about it? How do they get in touch with you guys?
1: They can reach us through our website. They can send an email to info at petco.co.za. Our website is very easy to find. It's literally petco.co.za. And if they reach out to us, we'll engage with them and partner with them to actually find, help them find solutions for declaring their packaging footprint that they place on the market and then working out how much we need to collect and how we go about doing that. It's all about a
0: partnership. Absolutely fascinating. I've learned so much chatting to you, Cherie. Uh, Thank you for your time and sharing those insights. And I hope that uh, when we have this conversation next year, you will say to me that we've gone over the 100,000 tons mark collected uh, compared to the over 80,000 last year. But it sounds like you guys are doing incredible stuff to the environment making great progress, and uh, we need this in the world that we're living in today to make sure that we recycle and we keep everything around us clean and fresh. Uh, it's all about this planet that we're living in. Sherry Skoltz, who's the CEO of Petco, thank you so much for sharing those insights and joining us on What's Next.
1: Thank you very much.